I have a confession to make. I am good at a lot of things, but time management is not one of them. And keeping myself organized, yikes, that is definitely an area where I can use some help. As someone who has struggled with a lot of anxiety throughout my life, I am in a much better place today than ever before. But one of my greatest stressors is getting everything done. I still lose sleep over my ability to meet deadlines and do everything that I've committed to doing. If you're like me, you understand this pain. Have you ever asked yourself how it might be undermining your confidence? A lot of times our self-doubt is rooted in fears that we can't be successful. But how much of that fear is a function of the fact that we have too much on our plates, not that we're not actually capable of doing the work. This week, I talked with Frank Buck, who's an expert in time management, about how to better manage our time so that we can more confidently navigate our work and our lives. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Files. My name is Kim Menninger, and as an executive coach and former high-tech leader, my personal mission is to help women and others overcome imposter syndrome and advance your career with confidence. Each week, I interview a new guest to share how they've navigated self-doubt to achieve success. The more we share our stories, the more we destigmatize imposter syndrome, recognize that we're not alone, and empower ourselves to access the tools and resources that can help us. Thank you so much for listening and sharing. Welcome, Frank. I am really excited to talk with you today, and I would love to start by inviting you to introduce yourself. Kim, thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, my name is Frank Buck. I am from uh, Alabama. Uh, started my career in education. In fact, I was you know, almost 30 years in public education, first as a band director. Thought I'd be a band director for 30 years, and somewhere in there decided I wanted to run the whole school. So went into uh, the principalship, wound up at the central office. And then after almost 30 years, I wanted to give a, a second career um, a chance to grow some legs. Because one of the things that had given me success throughout my career in education was, you know, I was the organized guy, you know, really good time manager, just had my act together. And so now that's what I do. I help other people. I show them what I do that worked for me and uh, just try to help people be successful through managing their time and organizing their surroundings. So uh, I hope that those who are tuning in and hearing us today are, are going to take away some things that are going to make their lives better, not just for a day or a week, but something that you can use every day. I can't wait because this is definitely not my area of strength, if I'm being honest. And as you and I started to talk about a little bit before we hit record, is that, you know, obviously the central theme of this podcast is imposter syndrome. And one of the things that I've observed is that oftentimes when we take on more responsibility or even just within our existing roles, we feel so overwhelmed. There's so much pressure on us and it can contribute to self-doubt. It can contribute mm -hmm. to that sense of, I don't actually know what I'm doing, or I'm not capable of doing this role. If we don't have our, our own 
workload under control. And so that's why I'm really excited to, to kind of get some insights from you on what you see as the big challenges or what I'm sure we could talk about that all day, but what are some of the themes that you see that people really struggle with these days when it comes to time management and organization? Well, you know, looking at the role of the imposter syndrome and, and, you know, as a young man, I never heard that term. It's really for me just in the last several years, but now you hear it all the time, but, I think in some way, shape, form, or fashion, we've always dealt with that as we have progressed in our various careers, uh, you know, inferiority complex, you know, it's gone by different names, but see if this makes sense. You know, I, I take a job, I'm successful in that job. I, I get a promotion and I'm successful there. I get another promotion. And with each one, there's more responsibility. There are more tasks. There are more things that are new. There are more things that are a little bit outside of my area of expertise, what I was doing before. So I had been successful. And now all of a sudden, I'm feeling overwhelmed. And I'm starting to think, you know, was I cut out for this? Am I really the president of the company? You know, soon soon people are going to figure out that I'm not all I'm cracked up to be. Does it sound familiar? Absolutely. (laughs) And, you know, it's like join a very large club. And so much of it, it's, you know, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with emails and voicemails and drop in visitors. And it's just simply not having a system in place that is handling the additional volume. So that's a lot of my work in giving people systems that help them put at least part of their life on autopilot. You know, something as simple as having a digital task list you know, that's on your computer and it's also syncing to your phone. So it's with you everywhere that you can even add to with your voice. So when something lands on your radar that you need to do, instead of, well, I've got so many things, I think I can remember that. And then you don't. And then you feel so stupid. You know, how could I forget that little thing? And you miss the meeting, you miss the deadline, you're apologizing. To have the habit of just, you know, you just speak it right into that little digital task list, and now your phone synced to your computer. It takes up the job of remembering and reminding, and you start to make things look easy. You know, we all know those people that it just it just seems like it's like just treading water. You're just it, it all seems so easy. It looks easy. And in a lot of ways, it is easy. It's just, it's having that system. So there are, there are people who are doing well with simply average intelligence, but they got good systems and they're able to manage things okay. And then other people, far more talented, but they're just sort of barely hanging on. I can completely appreciate that. I have had many a night where I've woken up at two in the morning and thought, oh, uh-oh, I forgot to put this on my to-do list or I forgot to do that. And it creates so much anxiety and self-doubt. And so I'm curious if you think there are ways to get started on systems. Like what, what's the first step here? If someone's listening and thinking, that's me, I need a system. Where do we start? Well, 
as digital as I am, I like to start with paper for a couple of reasons. I don't care how digital you are. You still got to deal with paper because people are sending paper your way. And second, I think we like paper metaphors. I mean, look, when you know, when Bill Gates came out with Windows and uh, Steve Jobs came out with the Mac, what did they do? They, they gave us what looked like little paper file folders and little pieces of paper that went in the little digital file folders. They gave us those those analogies to something that was familiar. So what I teach people is what I what's called the tickler file. It's an old business tool that I actually learned from my dad when I was like eight years old. Uh, and all it is is 31 folders. I use hanging file folders labeled one through 31, and each one represents a day of the month. So you've got this piece of paper that you, you know, I've got to take this to the meeting on Thursday, you know. So you lay it on the corner of the desk where you'll see it and you'll, you know, you'll remember to take it on Thursday. And something gets laid on top of it. And you go to the meeting and it's still on your desk under the pile of whatever. So with the tickler file, it's like, I need to see this on Thursday. What's Thursday's date? Drop it in that file. And now I earn the right to forget about it. And so all these all this paper that's laying around because you need it sometime in the future, just throw it in there for the appropriate date. And then all you got to do is that morning, pull that one folder. And there's every piece of paper that at some point in the past, you'd want to come back to you today. And then behind those 31 folders, I have 12 more. Uh, because some things, you know, I don't need to see this for four months from now. So 12 more folders, January, February, March, et cetera. And at the beginning of each month, um, just pull the folder for that month, drop it in the one through 31s, and you're good to go. So if you've got the tickler file down, then yeah, the next people, the next thing people always ask is, Frank, I, that's great. I love that. But do you have a digital way to do that for all the digital stuff in my life? And I go, yeah, get the digital task list and give every task a date. It just simply says, this is the date I want to see that task again. And it becomes just like the tickler file. And if something doesn't get done today, it just rolls right over to tomorrow. So there's no forgetting. There's no rewriting. And it's just, it's easy. You used an expression or you, you said something that really caught my attention because this is how I think about it too, As you said, earn the right to forget about it, which I really appreciate because for me, I'm somebody who has always struggled with a lot of anxiety. And I think there's a part of my brain that thinks it's doing me a favor by constantly reminding me of all the things that I might forget. And and so I think what you're talking about in terms of these systems is really giving you the peace of mind to know I've accounted for this. I don't have to constantly remind myself every day that I have that piece of paper that I need to bring with me next Thursday it has been accounted for. And so it frees up mental space to now focus on other things too. Absolutely. So that you can be 100% present at whatever you're doing, whether it's a conversation with someone, whether it's writing an email, whether it's exercising, you, you don't have to be concerned with, oh gosh, what do I have to do next? What do I have to do next? The system's handling that. So that right now, the only thing I'm thinking about is this interview with you right now, Kim. And then after this interview, 
I'll look back at my list to see what's next and be 100% present with that one. Are there any, I would say, like, are there any other considerations that we need to think about? Because the system is great. And I think that from an individual perspective, we could probably, many of us could do a better job organizationally. But what about things having to do with other people encroaching on your time or maybe just overflowing tasks? I'm just curious if you have thoughts on how do we manage when there's just too much? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, as far as the other people and the, with their interaction with you, nobody's going to look out for your time. You know, and they shouldn't, that's our job. You know, nobody calls us on the phone to say, gee, I bet Frank is really busy. Let me throw a monkey wrench in his day. <laughs> you know, nobody comes to the door. You know, and when they say, you got a minute. And what do we always say? Sure. It doesn't matter how busy we are. We say, sure. And then, well, we've told them we've got the time and they come in and they sit down and 20 minutes later, they're still there. We And we have said nothing to them that indicates, look, I really need to get to this. I think we need to be honest with other people to say, I'm in the middle of something right now. How's this afternoon? You know, what is, what is three o'clock look? like for you? Or, hey, can I get back to you? That, you know, I can see that's really important. Yeah, I want to talk to you about that. But can I get back with you? I really need to finish up on whatever. And unless they're just a really unreasonable person, they'll appreciate the honesty. And, And then they know that when you do tell them, sure, come on in, I've got time, that you really do. You know, they can they can trust what you say, but we got to look out for ourselves. We can't let other people encroach on our time and then go home and kick the dog and yell at people because we didn't stand up for our time. And people say, well, how do you, you know, but what, what if it's the boss? What if it's the boss? Well, if it's the boss, you just go over, you know, these are the things that are on my plate. What would you say are the most critical? You know, what should I put first? Because unless you're honest, you just keep more and more stuff just simply gets put on your plate. You're so right. And I love how you say no one else is going to manage our time. One of the things that I often say to people is that as long as you're smiling and making it happen, there's no reason for anyone to assume that you're not capable of taking on more or that you're overwhelmed Mm -hmm. in some way. It really, truly is our responsibility to communicate. You know, I, I really think that we teach people how to treat us. Mm. Yeah, you're right. And that can be really challenging for people who are, like you said, if it's the boss or, you know, if you are somebody who comes from a culture that really values authority, or if you're feeling like you don't have a lot of power in your organization, it can feel really scary to set those boundaries or to push back in some way. I like what you're talking about of, positioning it as, well, help me think through what's Mm -hmm. most important here, because I think it's a safe assumption that we all want to be focused on the most important things. And if we recognize that 
there are limited, there's limited time, limited resources. There will need to be things that get backburnered. Not everything can have the same priority, right? So let's together okay. define what those highest priority goals are. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm curious if you feel like there are ways to, I guess I'm trying to think of how to, how to frame this. What if somebody is really pushy? <laughs> what if somebody is not as reasonable as somebody else? Are there ways that we can better advocate for ourselves when it comes to our time? You know, gosh, and I'm trying to think think about specific times in the past where maybe I've been the victim of that. And I guess I, I have maybe been one of the lucky ones, but you know, again, we teach people how to treat us. And so if they're pushy and pushy works, guess what? Yes. <laughs> We've just taught them. So, but you know, to stick to your guns with, you know, this is what I'm working on. You know, these are the, these are my priorities. And if it's the boss, uh, you know, help me with what is the most important thing. Um you'll elicit their um, suggestions for how to do it a little better, but just to silently take it and fume and feel bad about it. See, that that's where we think, you know, I'm an imposter. I can't handle the job. They're starting to find out I'm not capable. Um, and if I speak up about the workload, they're going to know that I am incapable no, it's it's an impossible situation and they haven't walked a mile in your shoes or at least haven't walked a mile in your shoes lately. You know, the job has changed since they had it, since they did that job 10 years ago. And you're the expert about the job. You're the one who's doing that job each and every day and you know the pitfalls. And if you got a good boss, if you got good coworkers, they're going to respect you and listen to you. And, um, you know, if, if not, you know, we're, we're, we're sort of in this environment right now where there are jobs are plentiful and, um, you know, you can go elsewhere where they treat you a little better. That's a very good point too. And I always want to emphasize that it's, it's not necessarily easy to do that, but it is mm-hmm. important to remember that you have choices. And I think a lot of times Absolutely. we feel like victims in our work environments. And if you're not being treated respectfully and you are feeling like you've been given more than you can handle and you've tried and you haven't been able to renegotiate that, it is worth considering whether that's an environment where you can be your best self because that's not sustainable. It's one thing to have, you know, a a tight deadline and you have to work extra hours to get that one thing done. It's another thing to be a constant path to burnout. (laughs) Yeah. It it doesn't need to be misery every day. So, you know, to have that resume where it's, where it's always up to date and, and to have those contacts, you know, I, I think some people are good at calling someone that they haven't talked to in five years to ask for a favor. Well, you know, that, but when you're maintaining those contacts all the time and you're making new contacts and lots of people see how valuable you are, um, 
you know, it's it's amazing how sometimes when you're not even looking for a job, one just sort of materializes because it's like you're the perfect person for that. And, you, you know, I think we have to exude that confidence. And if you're suffering from imposter syndrome, it's tough to do. Uh, I, you know, as I was making some notes for, for this interview, there, there was something I, I jotted down and I wish I knew where I had seen this or heard this for the first time, but you know, sort of the, I think the secret to getting past the imposter syndrome or the inferiority or, or to have some, you know, the self, some, the secret self-esteem uh, is to do good things and then remember that you did them. <laughs> So we're we're good at beating ourselves up about all the, the dumb things we do, the things that we forgot, you know, the things where we failed. And what we forget about is all of the times when we were successful beyond our wildest imagination, and we just sort of chalked it up to, well, that's the way it's supposed to be. Well, you know, now's the time to bring back some of those things and remind yourself that you're very capable, that no, you're not an imposter. You were put in this position for a reason and that, um, you know, half the world is also thinking they're imposters. You know, I, I hold a doctorate so I can I can make this joke. They say when when you get your bachelor's degree, you think you know everything. When you get your master's degree, you realize you really don't know anything. And when you get your doctorate, you realize you, you still don't know anything, but that's okay because nobody else does either. Yeah, we're sort of all in this boat together where none of us is the, you know, the be all end all. We all have our strengths. We all have our weaknesses. We all have our good days. We all have our bad days. And we're we're okay with that with other people. You know, when somebody else has a bad day, we're okay with that. When they make a blunder, we're okay with that. And we're the first ones to remind them of all the things that where they did a great job. And you know, hey, you're entitled to one. But we often don't do the same thing with ourselves. We're we're not the friend to ourselves that we are to other people. You're absolutely right. I think that's a very important thing to remind ourselves of. And I like what you're saying too. And I'm thinking about tying it to systems too, is that we are so quick to dismiss the good things. We are so aware we hold on to the mistakes we've made or the ways in which we don't feel like we measure up, but then all of the really good things that we're doing just blow right past us. I'm curious, have you ever had a system for tracking the good things? Interesting that you should say that. Um, I, for a long time for me, you know, how did you make today count? That's sort of been something that rolls around in my head that ideally I want to ask myself. So my system, and of course, I'm really into tech, is every evening at 8 p.m., I get an email using if this than that. So here's an email that comes to me basically from me that's got a link in it that says, how'd you make today count? You click the link. It takes me to a Google form where I just fill in that. So every day I'm asked that question. 
you know, not what are the 10 things that you did today, but as you look back over this day, what did you do that really made this day count for something? So I'll put one or two things. And then that automatically, since it's going in a Google form, it automatically goes in a Google sheet. So I've got a spreadsheet that goes back for years. That's a list of nothing but the things that I did day by day that really made that day count. So that's that's not a bad thing to look back on on one of those days when you're not having such a good day. You're absolutely right. That's a great confidence booster, but it's also very practical too, because I can imagine that you could repurpose that for a performance review or a resume. If you want to go back and remind yourself of all of the things that you have done to be able to tell somebody else, you've got a record of it at your fingertips. Uh, yeah. I mean, even even date stamped, it, you know, it automatically goes in there with the date that it was entered. So, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good record. I can't resist asking you, are there other little tips and tricks that you live by that you think other people would benefit from knowing? Well, the Fab Five. You, when you have a digital task list, now, here's the downside of the digital task list. Since if you don't do something, it rolls over to the next day, you know, you don't have to rewrite it. Then it rolls over to the next day. And if you're not careful, you've got this long list um, sometimes of things you didn't just forgot to check them off or things that it's like if you looked at it and you actually had to rewrite it for the next day, you'd say, I'm not going to do that. And you just mark it off. But, you know, when you got this long list, what do you do? So my secret is plan tomorrow, today, you know, this evening, look at that list of what didn't get done and look at what's already coming up for tomorrow. And what I tell people is pick five. I call them the fab five and put those at the top of the list. And for me, the how how to do it, I use Remember the Milk as my digital task list of choice. And the free version is pretty powerful. You can give everything a, a date. So all these things, you know, they're due to today. And I give each one a priority. Priority one, two, three, and then no priority. So priority one is my fab five. And so if I give it that priority one, it just automatically goes to the top of the list. So there at the top of the list are like these five things that I want to really drive the day. And then below that, things I want to see in the morning, the afternoon, and the evening. So um, you know, ideally, I want to hit the ground running on those fab five and stay with them as long as I can and then, you know, move on. And one thing that helps me do is work ahead of deadlines. You know, something that may be a, a fab five Friday, if I don't get to it, uh, I may can handle on Tuesday or Wednesday and not be bumping up against so many deadlines. But I never have to worry about, oh gosh, here are just these dozens and dozens of things. And What's lurking in there somewhere that I've absolutely got to have done? That's going to be one of the Fab Five right up there at the top. And, and people say, well, how, how long can your list be? Well, my answer is this. Your list can be as long as you're able to at least look at during the day and be okay with. 
So if that's 10 items, it's 10 items. If it's 100 and you're sure that you're going to at least look at everything and be okay with it rolling over to the next day, then that's fine. So have the Fab Five. And then after that, batch-related items. Um, you know, if it's a little something, you know, if, if you blog. And so if you go into, you know, work on a blog post, but there are four or five other little things that you needed to do while you were in those settings, go ahead and do all of those at one time, even though maybe they're not the most important things right now. While you're there anyway, go ahead and, and handle all of those things. And just like when, you know, when you're out and running errands, well, everybody knows you. Go in and run all of the errands, not just one, and then go, oh, gosh, I forgot to do whatever. And you're back in the car doing the same. So do the same thing sort of with, you know, with all the things in your life, you know, on your list, um, you know, there's, there's somebody that you work with and you have projects you're working on all the time. And so you think of something that you need to talk to that person about. We, you know, what happens with so many of us, we get up and we go and we knock on the door. So you got a minute because we got that one question on our mind. And then five minutes, we're back again with another question because it was on our mind and we want to get it off of my, our mind onto their area of responsibility. So if, if we simply just, you know, put the person's name, what it is, put it on the list. And then now you've earned the right to forget about it. And then when you have five or six of those things, then you can have the conversation about all of them. And usually what happens is before that happens, the other person comes in to see you. And while they're talking to you about the two, three, four things that they have, you say, well, by the way, I have several things I want to go over with you. Or, or you get that phone call from them out of the blue. And while they're talking to you about what they want to talk about, you've just gone over and typed their name into your list. You, you just put their name in the, in the search window. The list is now narrowed down to only the things that pertain to them. And you go through real quickly with the five or six things that were on your mind that you needed to talk to them about. So you're cutting down on the interruptions for them, they're doing the same for you. And it just makes life so, so much easier. Mm, I I'm salivating thinking. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many great tips here. Uh, I'm curious if you work with teams, like, do you think that some of these strategies apply to collections of people as opposed to individuals? Because I think sometimes how I think about it is if I'm a, if I'm a person on a team and I try to stick to a system and a routine that works for me, but the rest of my team is not engaged in that and doesn't have access to it, or I'm trying to do this in a vacuum, it may not be as effective. Do you think it makes sense to talk to your team about some of these things too? I think the most important thing is, is to sort of be the example, you know, to do these things that work. And then other people start to go, How'd you do that? You just talked to your phone. What did you say to your phone? Well, I just, you know, I just added something to my list. You just did that with your voice. You just talked to the phone. Now it's on the list. Yeah. Well, show me how to do that. You know, when you're just sort of serving as the example, you know, and I think back to when I wasn't a digital person because there were no digital tools and I had my day timer. You know, I was um, uh, a school principal. Uh, 
and and of course, you know, when when it's your first year's principal and the faculty is sort of watching every move you make, you know, you sneeze, the whole school catches a cold. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I had my day timer, that little book, and I always carried it around with me. And so uh, and I'm always writing things in it. And people were wondering, what's he writing now? What's he writing now? But they started to realize that when somebody started a conversation with me and I flipped that book open and I was writing in it and whatever they were talking to me about, it, it sort of happened to get done. And it was sort of like, hmm, when it gets written in that book, things happen. So one of the best professional development sessions we ever had with the faculty was we just took a morning when, you know, it's one of those days when, you know, the kids are at home and the superintendent's charge is, okay, everyone's going to have a professional development day. And, and a lot of times it's boring stuff. And so we just did a session of, let me show you exactly what I'm doing and how it works. And um, was able to get little samples for everybody for free from that company. And, you know, everybody was like, this is so simple. But gosh, this this would work. And most of them just, you know, started doing the same thing. So I think, you know, really being the example and then, you know, when you are working on a team where it's that small group of people you're interacting with every day, if you can use some common tools, like remember the milk that I've been talking about, it has a feature where I can create a task and actually assign it to someone else provided they also use Remember the Milk. So instead of little notes being passed back and forth or little text messages or little dropping by going, hey, could you get me the so-and-so report? You you could actually really put something on someone else's list and you can see what you've delegated to them. And when they do it and check it off, you can actually see that it's being checked off. You can actually add a little comment so that there's not only here's what I want you to do, but here's some additional information about it. They can do the same so that you're seeing their uh, information that they've put in there. So having those common tools, it you know it cuts down on a lot of the you know the mechanical stuff that we that we're doing that takes up so much time. So let the technology handle some of that mechanical stuff so that we can do more creative things. And more people kind of things. And I think that's a really good point, too, that it, again, frees up our mental energy for for more valuable things. Given that technology just changes all the time, how do you keep up with the different productivity tools that are out there? Like, do you have a, a way to stay on top of what the tools are that are available? There, well... What has worked best for me is, you know, there's some good blogs out there, good websites that are constantly pumping out that stuff. And so I have a little service called Feedly, and it's, I use just the free service, just Feedly.com. It's an app on my phone. It's also a website I can go to where all I have to do is take that blog or that website and, and just add it. And so whenever there's a new post on that website, it automatically goes there. So I'm not having to go out to 20, 30, 40, 50 different places to see what's happening. It's all going to that one spot. And so while I'm watching television or while I'm in line at the grocery store, you know, just those spare minutes during the day, I can just see, well, you know, what's in Feedly. I use Feedly too. I think that's a great. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, you know, speaking of Feedly, uh, before that, I used Google Reader. And then this announcement came across the screen when I went to Google Reader one day. They were shutting down. And see, that's that's what scares people. That What if I get attached to this, this digital tool? What if it goes out of business? Well, the day I read that, by the time the sun had set, I was using Feedly. I real quickly started doing Google searches about, you know, what else does the same thing that Google Reader does. And Feedly started coming up again and again. And I researched that. It looked like it would work. And so I created an account and I added all the stuff that had been Google Reader, just added over in Feedly. And same day, I'm up and going. See, good tools are replaced by better tools. So when something sunsets, that's actually a good thing because there's something else out there that's serving the purpose even better. That's a really good way to think about it too. And you're also making me think about the fact that if if people are feeling intimidated by the idea of trying to hunt down some of these tools, that there are likely people around you that use tools. And so look to the role models of organization <laughs> and ask Absolutely. them. Yeah. And just, you know, and ask questions, you know, you can do a Google search, but then you can also on, on Facebook, you know, we're, we're good about saying, Hey, who's a, who's a painter in such and such a city that does a real good job. And, and people are great about helping people with, simple questions, straightforward questions where they have a little expertise and the person asking the question just simply didn't. We're good about helping each other. Um, So, you know, just half of it is half of it's having the confidence that there's going to be a good answer out there and that all you got to do is ask the question and yeah, it's going to be there. Absolutely. This is so helpful, Frank. I really appreciate your time and your insights. Are there any final thoughts that you want to share? Gosh, uh, you know, and, and we, we have covered so much. Yeah, of course, the theme here, the theme of the show is the imposter syndrome and you know how to how to get past that. And hopefully we've we've given you some tools, uh, some some thoughts that are going to help you to get past the overwhelm because it's not that you're an imposter. It's that there's 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 all this sort of underbrush that's there that you've just got to get through. So uh, yeah, some of these digital tools, a good digital task manager, uh, having the tickler file to handle the papers. Um, you know, it, life doesn't have to be as hard as we sometimes make it. So uh, the, the the one thing in as we depart, um, my website, when people say, well, how can we learn more? Frankbuck.org. That's my website. Uh, go there. And first thing, get on my email newsletter list. Uh, every Tuesday, I email to the list with little things that I am reading about that I like, and I do a new video slash podcast slash blog post slash newspaper column once a week. And so one of the things that's in that weekly email is letting people know 
where they can find that new piece of content that that has been written. And, and people will hit reply on that. They'll ask me a question and, and I'll hit reply and answer them. I'm certainly not too good that I'm beyond answering individual readers. It, it's kind of flattering, actually. Uh, so please would love to have the traffic over our way at frankbuck.org. Get on the email list. You'll read about several books that I've written. One that came out in January of this year called Get Organized Digitally, as you might expect, that just really goes in depth into the digital tools that I use on a daily basis that make my life easier and that I think will make life easier for other people as well. Well, I think those are great resources, Frank, and we'll link to those in the show notes as well for anybody who's interested. And thank you so much for sharing with us. I think I'm certainly leaving this conversation feeling better, and I'm sure others are as well. Kim, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to The Imposter Syndrome Files. If you're listening to this, chances are you struggle with imposter syndrome or other confidence issues too please know that you are in great company. As an executive coach and former high-tech leader, I spent years battling imposter syndrome. There were times in my corporate life when I was absolutely sure that this was the moment that everyone would figure out that I didn't belong in the room. But it never happened. And through the years, with the help of research, coaching, and other resources, I've learned to help myself and others overcome self-doubt and advance our careers with strength and confidence. If you'd like to continue this conversation, please join my Leading Women Facebook group where women of diverse roles, levels, and backgrounds come together to ask questions, share challenges, and support one another in a safe, trusted space that's difficult to find in the workplace. Check out the link in the show notes for more information on how to find us. And please join us again next week for another episode of the Imposter Syndrome Files.